Hi, this is Sylvan Dorney and you're listening to Australian Survivor Archives. podcast on the internet daring to go over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way all the way to the present day. We are very excited today to bring you another interview and another great episode. But before we do, just a friendly reminder, if you are enjoying the content that we are putting out there, please whack that subscribe button on all the relevant podcast channels, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll be able to stay up to date with all the episodes that come to you every single week. And that episode, of course, this week is a very, very exciting one. It's a huge interview, one that I know that myself and my co-hosts have been very, very excited for. I'm going to start by introducing myself. My name is Ben Waterworth, and I'm going to hand over to my very intelligent and very smart co-host to uh, bring the remainder of this introduction to the point right now. Ben, you mentioned that you're excited about tonight, and you damn well should be, because we have one of the greats of Season 1, Whaler's Way, Australian Survivor. He was a Kadena member. This guy had his own fantasy world. That's how much of a legend he is. I talk about none other than the great Mr. Sylvan Dorney. Sylvan, welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going? It's going very well. Hearing, hearing, that, hearing that, I'm flashing back. I probably said... Some really silly things, I don't know. (laughs) We have a lot to talk about your fantasy world, and we're not going to start off with that because it's going to take over a lot of this podcast tonight because there was so much great stuff that Ben and I and all our listeners have come to love about your fantasy world. So we're going to cover all that, but it's just great to have you on the show, Sylvan. I mean, we've been been doing this podcast, you know, you're the fifth... uh, contestant we've had now to come on all Kadena members too we've had all Kadena members uh so far on our show and to have you here to talk about your time all those years ago on Whaler's Way um yeah tell us mate what what can you remember about it and and how did you get on the show well I can I I can tell you why you've all got Kadena members because we were shit (laughs) 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 um What was the first question? How did I get on? Well, just, you know, threw my hat in the ring. I uh, thought it would be a bit of fun at the time, and it was kind of really early early days with reality TV. So um, as, as my fellow contestants that you've spoken to would probably attest, it, it's a completely different game now than what it was back in the day. Um, I guess it was still evolving. I think the game that, as it's played now, is far more interesting <laughs> than than the one that we played, which was much more of a numbers game. But um, I still loved it. You know, it's still what an experience. Did you watch much of the US version beforehand? Is that kind of what led you to, as you said, throw your hat in the ring? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was a big fan of big fan of Survivor, and uh, I actually, oddly enough, I I had um a bit of an opportunity I, back in the day. I think I met a producer at a party for Big Brother as well, and I remember that producer offering me to go on Big Brother at, at the same time as Survivor. And I thought, no, I'd rather go for Survivor than Big Brother. I don't think I had a shoe in, but this person wanted me to audition for it, and she was a, a producer on the show. And I, I sort of, I weighed them both up, and I wasn't a big fan of Big Brother, but I thought Survivor was a bit of a journey and, and one that I was pretty keen on. Sylvan, they're talking about Big Brother coming back. Well, well it is coming back. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Australia missed out on seeing you on Big Brother all those years ago. We got you on Survivor, which I'm glad we did. But, uh, hey, w would you consider maybe applying for Big Brother now? My, my reality TV days are long gone. <laughs> 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 it, would take a, it would take a dramatic turn of events for me to uh, throw myself into that world again. Okay, so so that's a good point then. So all those years ago, obviously you were prepared to go on a reality show. So we'll, we'll, let's go back to the very beginning when when they started advertising the show. Obviously, you've been told about it. The audition tape. Tell us a bit about what you remember of the audition tape, and and were you, did you think you were a genuine chance of getting on the show? Um, my audition was pretty off the cuff. Just sort of talking into a camera, just pretty much being me. Uh, I think I mentioned that I had a, probably the distinctive thing was I mentioned that I did this diet because a dream told me to. <laughs> oh dear, I was maybe taking a few things back then. Um, <laughs> I, anyway, the, uh, the dream told me to cleanse my blood and um, so, I did, so I did this thing where I ate nothing but rice for 10 days or something. And this was for no reason other than just to challenge myself. And I didn't know off the shitload of weight and went practically nuts for a week. But, um, you know, job done and it got me on the show. It interested the producers enough to uh, get me in and have a look at me. Well, that that's actually might clarify a question we had because on the audition tape special, they show like about a five-second clip of each of your audition tapes. And in yours... You say to this day, I don't know why I did that or how I did that. Is that is that referring to this diet? Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't be hundred percent sure, but I would say so because it was a silly thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I guess back in the day, I was impression much more impressionable by my impression, uh, much more, uh, I guess, influenced by my dream, literally. <laughs> Uh, so when when you got to the stage where they were doing like one-on-one -on -one chats, like are you the same sort of personality now as you were back then? Uh, when you were sort of di after the one-on-one -on -one interview, did you think, yeah, like I'm going to be a different sort of character that they're looking for? Um, I would say, uh, you know, my character would be pretty similar. Um, I'd probably be a bit more measured and a bit more reserved now than I would have been back in the day. But I do remember with the camera interviews, you know, when they drag you into the room and they put you in front of the camera and they have all the producers around and sort of throw questions at you. Um, they were trying to get me angry and they were like, oh, you know, we're not, we're not sure that, you know, you're the kind of person for this show because you don't particularly seem to get angry you know, at anything. 
and um, they really started heckling me about not getting angry to the point that it got me angry and pissed me off. <laughs> so <laughs> really roundabout sort of way of getting me angry, but I was like, yes, I can get angry. I can. <laughs> Wow, wow. And, and like, how how much does it take to get you angry then? Are they just literally sitting there for, like, 10 minutes and you just crack at that point? Or is it, like, only a couple of questions and then finally you burst? I've got a long fuse, definitely got a long fuse. And, um, you know, when it goes off, it's pretty explosive. But, yeah, just a long fuse, that's all. Now, we know, we know Survivor was a lot different back in, in your era of playing. Uh, it was very much focused on physical and, you know, how much you can survive the elements of going hungry and, and being out in the cold. What sort of preparation did you do? Once you were told that you were on the show, did, did you do any, like, sort of harsh preparation just prior to going out to Whaler's Way? Um, no, I probably should have. I, I mean, I did weights and stuff, which I generally did anyway, maybe jogging and, and uh, that kind of thing. But um, no, I didn't do any special uh, special stuff, really. When, if I look back now, you know, with the knowledge that I have now, I'd sort of say things like maybe reducing my diet and getting my body used to a particular diet might be a good idea. Um, you know, even sort of get really high on the meditation side of things because... You know, as you know, the the mind the mind is the sort of tough thing that happens out there. You know, when your body starts to crash, the mind can sort of play tricks on you and sort of be a bit more fragile than it ordinarily would. So I think preparing yourself mentally is something which I didn't do. I mean, I was basically going out, you know, two three nights a week on the piss and just you know, <laughs> that just living life as a as a twenty four year old twenty five year old would at the time. Well, I think that was um, that was that was said um, during the the show. Uh, I think it might have been Craig brought that up basically uh, on one of the episodes that we saw you you were particularly struggling at the time, and he, and he he raised that saying like this is your lifestyle. You're an author. You kind of you work a couple of nights a week, and you go out on the piss and basically have that. So. In hindsight, uh, you're saying that maybe not the best preparation. Maybe you need to go back on that ten day sort of rice diet in the lead up to it instead, perhaps. <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I did, I guess, as best as a 24 year old with little understanding of really what I was putting myself into. I mean, apart from watching it on TV, could do. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting, but I. I don't. I don't regret anything. It's just the way it was back in the day. You mentioned a good point with Survivor. It, it's so much of a mental game. Even you know, you can be in the most peak condition of your life and go out in a show, but people don't understand. Like you're going out on a show to win money with people you have no idea who they are. You've never met them. You don't know what type of game plan that they've got. Um, you don't know whether they're lying to you, especially these days. I mean. Probably people were a little bit more honest back then, but um, you know these are people that you have never met before. So that first day, what was your first impression of your Kadena tribe mates? Um, first day, first impression, just you know, it's just strangers. Like, who are these people? You know, I guess I was a pretty personable guy. I just wanted to get to know them and see if we gelled. Um, interestingly enough, you mentioned Craig. Uh, Craig is an interesting character because. 
he was kind of like the antithesis of myself. He, he was, you know, while I was very much a just a social get-out-there-get-amongst-it kind of guy, I got the impression, and I might be wrong, but I got the impression that he was a bit of a sort of, you know, a good boy, stay at home, you know, do the do the right thing kind of guy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was strange because I'd never really met anyone sort of around my age, which was so opposite to me. I guess that's the bubble that I live in my life, you know, or I lived in my life on the beaches there. But, um, yeah, apart from that, Craig, I think the girls are fine. I, I've got a, still got a relationship with Deb, um, good friends with Deb. I don't see her as much anymore. I'm in Melbourne. She's in Sydney. So we've kind of swapped there because she was from Melbourne originally. I'm from Sydney. Um yeah, apart from that, I think I got along with Tim quite well. Naturally, sort of drawn to him. I think he's he was a good character. Um, and Dave, yeah, you know, I think I think the people are good. Um, yeah, with with also we're we're liking to find out from all the people we've had on the show so far those initial impressions on the location when you found out where you were actually going? Because we realized, obviously, there was a bit of secrecy. They kind of tried to kind of pull a bit of a quick one over you on where you were going. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you get off that bus and go, holy crap, where the hell are we? So fucking disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so pissed off, man. I'm like, I'm like a beach guy. I was, I was ready to lay on a beach and just do my shit for, you know, for a few weeks or whatever. And I would have been like a pig in shit. It would have been fine. But, you know, <laughs> they they put us in the middle of nowhere and it was just horrible. It's just like, you know, I'd rather be in Darwin somewhere warm at least. <laughs> uh, not, not that there's anything wrong with Darwin. I like Darwin. But <laughs> not not my at point all. Is, <laughs> my point is, for me, it was kind of like worst case scenario because I was really hoping to get that beach thing. And um, I'd heard at the time... I think they were filming Marquise at the time, and I, I'd heard about Survivor people um, out at Marquise, Tahiti, or whatever. And um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, because that's the episode that we didn't get, that's the series that we didn't get in Australia because that was on while our season was on. But um, I was really, really hoping to go to Tahiti. So you can imagine when they make you get your passport. They make you get on the planes, they blindfold you, they do this and that, and then you end up in South Australia. <laughs> Bit disappointing. Well, South you Australia are... is great, I'm sure. But... Yep. It's, it's a beautiful are... state. Uh, we love all our South Australian <laughs> listening. I just you are... didn't really particularly want to go and lie down on, on rocks with snakes. You are, you are a little unlucky because every other Australian Survivor season, including the celebrity season, have all been you know, in the Pacific Islands, either Vanuatu, Samoa or Fiji on the beach. So you did get a little unlucky. I mean, you're lucky that you got on the first ever season, which is a, an absolute, uh, you know, credit to you. But, uh, yeah, a little unlucky. But how bad was camp life in Whaler's Way? Because I, I've mentioned this on this podcast plenty of times. They looked terrible. It looked like you guys were dirty all the time. You looked cold. Yeah. It just looked just filthy. No, it was tough. I mean... You know, I don't think I slept for a couple of days. The first, and I didn't eat for a couple of days. Um, you know, and as as you do, you sort of you sort of take a competition to see who poos first. It's <laughs> you, know, you, you pass the time. Um, yeah, look, it was it was pretty miserable. We were we were basically on a sort of a rock flat, and I think 
the first episode, you know, the ladies wanted to sleep on the tarp rather than under the tarp. And uh, that meant we sort of... So they, they didn't want to sleep on the bugs or something. And, um, yeah, so instead we sort of didn't have any cover, so I can't sleep in the rain. But anyway, it was tough, but everybody everybody suffers that. You mentioned about the girls um, wanting the different sleeping arrangements than, than the guys. And and Lucinda was actually was, was one of the, the more vocal ones about that situation. What... What was it about Lucinda you think got her voted out first? Like, did you think straight away that she was possibly going to be the first out of your tribe? No, not really. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I guess you just wait for a crack to appear in that situation, and as long as that crack's not you, you kind of roll with it. And I, I think that that was the case with uh, Lucinda. She, um, you know, felt bad about sort of, uh, helping us sort of, I guess, lose the immunity, but yeah, it's just just one of those things. I don't think it's anything against her at all. Um, she was she was just doing her best with uh, the situation. You know, she saw the writing on the wall, and and every, everybody was pretty sort of straight up. And you know, I think the first person to really sort of start conniving was probably Dave. But yeah, Lucinda was just straight up, and um, yeah, just sort of uh, did her best and realised that the writing was on the wall and sort of put a hand up and we're like, yeah, we've got to go off something, so what do you do, you know? You've got to pick something, to a reason to kick someone out and nobody had done anything. You, you mentioned before about sort of those initial impressions with Craig and sort of we would ultimately see this, I guess, what we've dubbed, it was not really us dubbing, it was Deb dubbed the Famous Five uh, with yourself, Deb, uh, Karen, Craig, um, Naomi, was that something that formed pretty organically in those early days? And do you think that was sort of also formed for the fact that you guys are sort of all of a, of a similar age, whereas Tim, David, and uh, Lucinda were obviously a little bit older? Yeah, look, I, I think that's it. So we were just young and, you know, we could all sort of attach to each other. And I think we got along pretty well. And, you know, if I remember an episode, Dave speaking to the camera, saying that he thought me, Naomi, and... Um, Craig had had a sort of an alliance and we didn't, we, we all just got along, you know, we, we were all just sort of living life in camp and just getting along as young people do and I think, I think in that sort of environment you're just naturally attracted to that but I, I like I said, you know, everybody had their, um, everybody had their sort of, uh, their, good, their good points, it's just I guess, yeah, probably our age and the closeness of our age meant that we we had a little bit more in common than the others. Because that's what seems really interesting about Kadena is that alliance was the dirty word. None of you seemed to want to use it. None of you seemed to want to be in an alliance. But kind of with that famous five, as you just said, it kind of you were just drawn to each other, and you, you sort of almost had this alliance without having an alliance, essentially, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I guess we didn't need to. I think everything. No, yeah. I don't know. Like, like, to be honest, I haven't watched the show in <laughs> don't know how many years. So I'm just trying to recall as best I can. But, um, yeah, look, I, th- I think the uh, that was just the age at the time and um, every everything sort of happened organically. I think probably Tim being voted out was a bit, bit of a regret at the time for me. Um, but I think I just went with the numbers rather than instigate anything. 
and it's kind of like you know when people are pointing this way, you know, as long as it's not you, you kind of go for it because even though it wasn't as sort of dark and sort of um, backstabbing and sort of choppy changey as it is now, there was still an er element of paranoia. So when you've got that paranoia underlying everything you do, you, you take you take what you can get, and if it means voting off somebody that you like early on for your own safety and security, then then you do it. It's just a game. In the famous five, though, you, you you've mentioned Craig and how he was a little different to you, but it did come across that he was definitely the leader of Kadena and and especially of the younger of the twenty year olds. Was that the case, or was that editing, or did you feel that he just had that natural leadership ability? Oh, look, the editing created a bit of a fancy storm. I mean, they they wanted Craig to be a bit of a hero. I understand that. Um, because, like, for example, the editing was quite interesting. Early on, um, Naomi, Naomi and I were sort of pulled aside, and every day we were peppered by the producers in the one-on-one -on -one interviews about, so what do you think about Naomi, that asked me. And so what do you think about Sylvan? They were trying to make us the showmans sort of thing. And I had a girlfriend at the time, so I didn't even really consider it. And then after about a week of them sort of heckling me, they turned around and started making Craig that. And so that became the romance with them. And we were like, okay. But they played up to it a little bit, I, I think, you know. I mean, they had to. I, I think they won a challenge together or something. But, um, yeah, I, it, it may it may have been done to support that, but I, I, don't, I don't recall Craig being a, a leader in particular. I mean, he was probably a few years older than me. But, yeah, I thought he was a nice enough guy and he, he was good at challenges and... I think um, we kind of, the two of us kind of split the, the hard work, I guess, if the, the heavier stuff, if it came along. Yeah. Because that's one thing that we, we found very interesting in our interview with Deb a couple of weeks ago is she, she really talked up your physical ability that, going back to the edit, really wasn't portrayed. I mean, your edit basically was you're a bit wacky, you kind of seem to complain a lot, you want a car... And then you went home. Um, we didn't really see you as kind of a physical threat out there, whereas Craig, as you said, was kind of the challenge guy. I mean, do you remember that? Do you remember being surprised that you weren't shown kind of a bit more physical? Well, Craig Craig went longer than me, and so he, he had the individual immunity challenges. So I didn't I didn't really have that, but I, I, I worked as a part of the team. Um, but, yeah, he, he sort of did really well in the individual challenges once I was gone. So... It's a different comparison, I guess. But as far as the teamwork went, yeah, I mean, it was it was sort of both of us. But I sort of, yeah, I guess I put my hand up for a lot of the physical stuff. But uh, that's fine. <laughs> you, you mentioned before about it being a race to see who would poo first. Uh, you've really intrigued me now. Oh, yeah. so who, who won that? Do you remember who pooed first? No, that's probably repressed. Um, <laughs> if I... If I'd have won, I'd remember, but it yeah. probably wasn't me. Um, I think Deb, Deb took quite a while. I think she she sort of wondered maybe if I, if I'm recalling correctly. And apologies, Deb, if um, <laughs> if I get this completely wrong. But I, I think she won the the latest sort of one, and we were very very happy, if I recall correctly, when she actually uh, did the do. <laughs> Talking about being intrigued uh, with our fantastic interview with David Haas. For any listeners that haven't already listened to that interview, I highly suggest listening to it after this. Um, 
he dropped a bit of a bombshell. He he said he'd never told anyone this. That in the in the first couple of days, I think it could have been day two, um, he wasn't feeling well, and you produced a couple of tablets for him, which he took, and that you told him they'll they'll possibly like a Panadol or something, and to take him. And that he took him, and then he still wasn't feeling well. Do you remember that? That's what David told us. That in the first couple of days, he he wasn't feeling well, and that um that that you passed him off a couple of a couple of tablets out of your pocket. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't take any anything in like that. No, um, it would have. If anything, it just would have been something I would have got from a producer. Yeah. Um, and I think from what from from what we know now from talking to to other people it, um, involved in the show that we have been told that yeah in, in those first few days um, that uh, some Panadol might have been getting passed around for people. I think Lucinda Lucinda actually mentioned it too that uh, that people yeah. were coming off caffeine and nicotine addictions and stuff, and that uh, there was some Panadol getting passed around. But we did have a bit of a laugh because um, David said, yeah, he, as we all know, that he was sick in those first couple of days, and he he had mentioned it to you. And he thought you'd roofied you must him, have had... Sylvan. He thought you'd roofied his water, basically. <laughs> no wishes. No, no. I I I think um I. Th- I was looking after him. I was trying to do my best to, to keep the guy in the game, you know. Um, yeah, because I thought he, I, at the time, I thought he's having a couple of bad days, but I think he'll come good. So I sort of, I was looking out for him more than anything. And if, if anything, I would have just got a, got vitamins off the producers. I know we got vitamins. Um, we have vitamins on the side, so... Yeah, but no, I didn't roofie him. No, I was going to say, so we'll make it clear. You definitely didn't roofie David Haas. No. Excellent. No. Sorry, sorry David. To... You'd be pretty just... low on the list of, of, of the ones I roofie in that side. We just wanted to clarify because he said that it never made him feel any better. It actually, if anything, it, he still felt even more sick that night too. So we just we thought we'd better clarify it just for all our listeners just, just to yeah. make sure that it was just Panadol, nothing else. I think he was dehydrated more than anything, wasn't he? And well, coming well, off caffeine kind of stuff. from alcohol and not drinking the night before. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, from yeah, n- alcohol and not eating. Before. He, he, he got, got drunk the night before he went on. Yep. Yeah. What an idiot! <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, Sylvan, he he snuck he snuck out of his room the night before, uh-huh. went and got hammered, come back, and then he didn't have breakfast the morning of day one, and and we, oh no. Uh, I thought I was the only rookie that did that. Oh, thank you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and you were twice as silly because you got hammered the night before. <laughs> what is that decision like? Oh. What, what is it like? Do you just you just don't know when you're going out to film, like, or do you just think, oh, I won't need breakfast? Kind of like, what? what why did you not? No, do it? I kind of. It wasn't explicitly said that we should do that, and I, I would. They said, okay, get the food, do this, but, um. I just thought, okay, we're picking you up early. I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a, you know, sleeper. I like to sort of wake up as late as possible. Wake up and, oh shit, didn't eat. Oh well, you'll be on right. My way. <laughs> You've done the rice yeah. diet before. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, it was a rookie error. Maybe you just assume that they're going to give you cereal for lunch, like in your <laughs> fantasy worlds. <laughs> 
I'm a fantasy world. Yeah. Now, I, we need to learn more about this fantasy world, too, because, I mean, you mentioned before you had dreams in your audition tape. You're kind of there. But, I mean, we, we, we had a field day on that episode where we just basically learnt all about your, your fantasy world, cereal for lunch, you could, you know, pizza and everything. I mean, is this, is this a, a Sylvan Dawny thing you do all the time, the fantasy world? Was this just for Survivor? No, it's not me. Uh, look, I mean, I was writing fantasy novels at the time, so maybe maybe that's a thing. Um, my novels are a bit more sort of real world now. So, <laughs> just, just general fiction. So, um, uh, look, I, I, I honestly don't know what I said. You're going to have to tell me. Uh, so I, how often did I mention this fantasy so, world? So it all started, you were, you were, I think you guys, because you were just kept losing all the challenges and weren't getting any of the rewards... And you're sitting around and you're telling the rest of the tribe, um, this was probably, you know, a, a five days or so before you were voted out, um, just about that in, in your world that you can wake up, you can have cereal for lunch, you can have five pizzas for breakfast, or you just, just that there was no rules. So you actually said that. You said there's no rules in Sylvan's fantasy world. And it was, I think it was a, it was a good tactic by you, I think, because... Your, let, let's be honest, your tribe w- was decimated. I mean, it, it really was. And, and the, the morale around camp, I could imagine, would have been at an all-time low. Um, you would have been all hungry, cold, you know, starving. You're not, you're not winning challenges. So I think, I guess, and, and maybe that's why you did get cast, Sylvan, because, you know, I think even in that situation, you were able to bring a bit of humour to the group and, and when the group is low. Oh, yeah, may- maybe, yeah. I didn't realise I'd be bringing my fantasy world up, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, there's so many connotations. Um, it's because they'd be a bit different now, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's a... It's a I, I sort of look back at, at that whole thing and I think, oh, God, some of the things I would have said would have just been so cringy. And um, that would have been you know, one of one of the avenues. But I remember at the time, actually, people, when people were sort of going on about chocolate and this and that, clearly I've, I had a moment where I went on about sort of fantasy food. But that seemed to be a big conversation. I don't know whether your experience was the same where people were just talking about food all the time. And I, I found that quite redundant, and I remember it pissing me off because it's just like I don't want to talk, talk about eating chocolate when I don't have that as an option, you know. So... Contrary to my fantasy world, I remember being more pissed off about other people talking about sort of that stuff. I guess in my fantasy world, where I, when I'm in control of it, it's okay, but otherwise, no talking. Uh, Craig must have absolutely pissed you off then with his constant chocolate talk. I mean, that guy was willing to murder for chocolate. For God's sakes, he must have just drove you absolutely yeah. bonkers. He, he loved his chocolate. He did go on about it. Um, I think we actually did win a few, a few, few rewards, though. Um, so we did win a few rewards, yeah. Uh, but we missed out on the chocolate one, if I remember correctly. You, you did win the lobster reward. Uh, that's bad editing, man. That's bullshit, i got to say. But please, <laughs> I please tell me. I know what you're going to say. Go on. Come on. That you cried <laughs> over the lobster and the bread? Yeah, that's some... 
but some solid editing. Well done, Channel Nine. <laughs> so that that obviously has not lived with you at all for eighteen years. You you must have just completely blacked no, that out no. of the memory. <laughs> Actually, if there was anything that did live with me, it was that because it was the one thing that really pissed me off. Because I got off the show and I was like, well, at least I didn't cry. You know, I had my highs, I had my lows. I I you know up down. I did everything. Sort of, I was a bit all over the place at times, but I did not cry. And then they edit that, and I'm like, "You bastards!" <laughs> and not only not only crying, but crying over lobster. Lobster. You know how much shit I got for that? So, so what it, what was it then? What was that scene kind of? How did they connect that? Do you remember? I, was, I got because I was sitting downwind from the from the fire, and it blew smoke in my eyes, and I had watery eyes, and I was wiping that away. And they just edited some sort of a sound over that, and I don't know, dodgy wow. ads. Wow! But In- hey, you know that—that's the risk you take when you sign up for these shows. At least they didn't make me a villain. <laughs> well, I mean, it did look like a good lobster. <laughs> it, did, it did look like good lo- lobster and and fresh baguettes. But you mentioned lows and and you mentioned highs. Obviously, one of your highs was was winning the brand new car, and we all know famously you. Did you did you not have a license, or you only had your learners at the time? I still don't have a license. Wow. Do you have wow. a, did you have a learners? I have my learners. Yeah, I've got that for ten years. I mean, I can drive, but I just don't. I just never have. Um, yeah. So, did, don't really know much about cars. I'm a good passenger. <laughs> when, when, when in your fantasy world, when just you, in the back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People can drive me around. Yeah. <laughs> when you won, when you won the car, did you think maybe you would then go back and 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 get your license? Oh yeah, I was pumped at the time. Um, I'm pretty sure I was sort of may have yelled that out uh, <laughs> because I was sort of a bit worried that that they were going to pick me and uh, make me drive, which would have been interesting. But they assumed <laughs> I had a license um, for that that particular challenge. But what happened when I won the car? Um, I would. I had a bunch of mates, and we were going. We'd organised, as stupid twenty-five-year-olds do, to take my brand new car four-wheel driving in in sand dunes. Uh, the week I got it, and um, then Ford, I think he, I think it was a Ford Escape. They caught up and said, "Oh, your car's going to be delayed a week." And so we went four-wheel driving anyway. And I saw the hassle that they had with the four-wheel drives in the sand. I was like, "Bugger that! I'm going to sell it back and go travelling around the world for two years." So I did that instead. Nice. Where where did you go? Where yeah. where how far did it take you? Oh, Europe, America, around Australia. Did did everything. It was pretty cool just to have that sort of money in the bank and just sort of go freewheeling with the wind. And is it true at the end of that two years you ended back at Whaler's Way? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. More likely, more likely Tahiti. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, no I, I, weirdly enough, I haven't been back to Whaler's Way. Right. No. Okay. Not, not I was yet. Actually, <laughs> you know, we stayed. We stayed at a hotel. Um, I think it was the one on the beach in Glenelg, the really fancy one, the the Grand. I think we stayed there, um, which is lovely, lovely place. And I'd stayed there once before when I was on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> so you're on Wheel of Fortune as well. We, man, you're you're talking to one carryover champ here. Look out. Wow. Ben, 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 how am I sitting here only finding this out now? Ben, you're not doing your research I'm really here, not doing my, my our research department here I at Australian Cyber so. Archives needs to get fired. 
Get ready to have your minds blown. I was also on Double Dare. Wow. So you, you mentioned yeah, about not doing reality TV, but you're on the game show circuit. Yeah. Let's start this again. Welcome to Wheel of Fortune Archives <laughs> with the great Sylvan Dorney. That's right. That's right. Special guest, John Burgess. The funny thing is about that show is when you get on that show and you're sort of in the heat of the moment and you're doing the spin, like, who, who the fuck says Infinelli? Sorry, am I allowed to swear in this show? Fucking I swear away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who, who the... Whatever says Enfinelli. Nobody, but when you're on that show and you're in that environment, you say Enfinelli. <laughs> and you say all those things that you never say just because, I don't know, there's some sort of like word disease where you spit out sort of, I don't know, cliches. It's really weird. If you tell me at the end of that show you won another car, I'm walking, <laughs> I'm done. No, I didn't. I didn't win. I won like a whole bunch of stuff that I gave away for Christmas presents. That's all I remember. Wow. So, so, you, so you didn't actually, you, were you just on one episode, were you, of Wheel of Fortune? Uh, I, I was a carryover champ, two or three, I don't know. So was this before or after I was, Survivor? I was like 19. This was like six years before. Wow. Yeah. Tell me you still have footage of this, Sylvan. No, I think it's I think oh. it's lost. This is before the days of YouTube. Oh, see, this is I, where we need to find I was on a KFC ad back in the day. So and, KFC and, you were just everywhere, Sylvan. What's going on here? This this is why you were cast on Survivor. You were recruited because you were this big celebrity. <laughs> I was a screen bitch, wasn't I? I know, like, you know, I was chewing burgers. Chewing burgers for KFC. Which KFC ad was this? Which KFC one? Oh that one that one is about that one is about it's a terrible ad. Um, but again, you know, I did ads, got money, and went travelling around the world with the cash. That's what I did. You know, so every two years, you this disappear is... on TV, do a world trip, come back, shit, I'm bored, I might go on TV again, oh, what's this double dare? Oh, sure. Okay, KFC yeah. ads, sure. <laughs> all right, cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sad, sad. Well, I've got responsibilities now. I've got a kid. So ha- what year? What year was this KFC ad? Uh, I was... 19, so, um, so 97. Okay, all right, just writing that down, Matt. This is what our uh, homework is for the oh, week. We'll, we'll track, <laughs> we're we're going to track it down. No, did they even it's have Zinger terrible. Burgers back then? <laughs> I was, I was in like the two, the two guys, there was like two guys in the ads that were kind of like proper actor models or whatever. And there were two, like, full plastic Barbie doll models as well who were lovely, lovely ladies. But, like, they were kind of – they were actually the, the women that were on um, that one of those shows with Larry Ender, The Price is Right. Yeah, Price is Right Women. That turn, You know, those yep, kind yep. of women. They were lovely. And I remember one of them saying to me, what, what are you doing here? You just don't <laughs> seem right for this world. I'm like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> yeah. And then, then by the end of like, a, I think a four-day shoot with these people, the two guys were having fisticuffs over their over their egos. It was hilarious. Wow. No one, no wonder yeah. when when I mentioned about you possibly going on big the new Big Brother that you you fobbed that idea off. I mean, you've been on every bloody TV show ever made. In the no wonder you can't you be should bothered. be hosting Big Brother. <laughs> yeah. Double no. Dare. Re- re- refresh my memory. Double Dare. What what did that involve? Oh, it was like one of those sort of one of those uh, children's TV shows. It would have been it would have been about eighty nine, nineteen eighty nine. I was on that nineteen eighty eight. So probably before you were born. No, how old are you guys? No, I was eighty three. I, I was oh, about okay, one or two then, that, Sylvan. So I was very young. <laughs> okay. Sylvan, I I applied for your season, Sylvan. 
Oh, did you? Wow. I was 18. I, I was oh, 18. Okay. Just turned 18, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, but, uh, ben, make sure you track down that Double Dare footage, no, I'm writing please. notes so down double here. Dare. Double Dare, KFC, and Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Hey, Wheel of Fortune, oh, and, and we'll put it all together, and we'll, we'll submit a new application for Big Brother for Sylvan Dorney in 2020. <laughs> How about that? Matt, that's not even starting on my soft porn shows. No. <laughs> you are the relax. Brian Heidick of Australian yeah, Survivor. I- you beat me to it. You beat me to it, Ben. I was going to say when he mentioned he was in an ad, we know Brian Heidick was in that ad. He was in that Crunch ad, wasn't he? he? Was, for the, yeah, the whispering stuff. And yeah. then the CBS fan out. He did softcore porn after he'd won. So, um, you know the the enigma here of Brian is crossing over into to Sylvan. So, wow. Again, so Survivor was just you know this is just a small rung on the on the ladder of Sylvan Dorney success. Oh, hardly. No, no, it's it's a charge. No more, no more TV shows for me. I don't think. Uh, too big. No, I mean, hosting no. Big Brother. Yeah, I'm down for that. But. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, so you'd obviously been on a few things after Survivor. Like, had that taken its toll? Like, did you sort of? You, you said you went travelling and all that, and yeah. did your life change? Did your life change after that? Um, look, I mean, I work in a high school, and. Um, you know, if students Google my name, it's sort of it's sort of known that I was on the show, particularly because it's had a bit of a renaissance lately. So that follows me around. But um, yeah, look, I think it's sort of it definitely maybe worked me towards introversion a little bit more um, because I wasn't particularly into uh, the fame or anything like that. I, I was actually quite uncomfortable with it because you know we still had a couple of million people watch the show back in the day. And, um, it, and you know, this is before all these other mediums, so there wasn't much on TV, but I, I remember being very uncomfortable with people coming up in the street and sort of almost sort of idolising me and wanting, wanting autographs, and I'd, I'd question them and say, why? You know, why, why would you want that? Like, because I'm onto, it actually doesn't make sense. And philosophically, it just didn't compute with me why people would do that, and so... I kind of recoiled from it, and and retrospectively, I probably didn't handle it as as well as I as I could have. In that, you know, when a when a ten ten year old kid comes and asks for your autograph, you just yeah, whatever, you know. Rather than hey, kid, you don't need to do that. You know, I'm just a normal person. He doesn't he doesn't need philosophy one hundred and one on that. I think what people forget, though, I mean, it was a big deal at the time. I mean, you, you, back then you would open a, a packet of Lay's chips and you'd pull out, and it, there could be a photo of you in the Lay's chips. Like it got heavily promoted. So, and like you said, yeah. it, we we never had Netflix and, and Stan and all this other stuff. It was just you, you know, you had your, your your main sort of channels on TV, your free to air TV, and that's what everyone watched. And Survivor was huge at that time. So you you were a household name. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, thankfully, I'm not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Until now, when we're will discovering be... all these KFC commercials oh, and everything. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> ruined me. You've ruined me again. <laughs> I won't be able to go out in the street tomorrow. <laughs> It's a shame. If, it's a shame you weren't on one of the Forex ads. They always, you know, the Forex beer ads. They made it big. If you could have just got onto that, hey, that hey, could have Matt, been. Matt, Matt, hang on a minute, mate. Solo, mate. How refreshing is Solo? We all love our Solo. Been... Thanks to Australian Survivor. You... You could have been yeah. solo, man. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> they, we tried to work that angle. Didn't work. Didn't quite get there. <laughs> Just mentioned about your yeah. edit before and kind of the, the sneakiness around that, that one moment over, over the lobster. But when it came to sort of, 
you know, we saw a lot of you struggling out there. I mean, how much of that was legit and how close did you come to potentially even, even quitting? Did it cross your mind at all? Well, um, it was actually, it was actually after the car when I probably had a bit of a low because I just got so high after the winning, winning the car. And, um, after that, I saw so I went massively high, and then I had a bit of a crash. But that was really the only time that I had issue. I mean, I had issues sleeping and stuff like that, but you know, I didn't particularly struggle throughout the whole thing. It was, you know, maybe at the beginning, and then maybe sort of after the car, I was I was high and low, and then extremely paranoid that I, because I'd won a car which was practically second place so early on, um, that I had a target on my back because you know I'd already won. Twenty something, no, fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff, or something like that. So I was like, I, I knew I had a target on me. And then, um, you know, when it did come to, when it did come to the the point of, I think I lost the challenge, the sixth challenge. And back in the day, it was it was quite different. It was very much a numbers game. So um, I actually was I was all right with being voted out at the time because there was a couple of reasons. By that, I'd lost the challenge. I thought we're going into a merge seven three, and we're going to be annihilated because this these were the days before um, you had immunity idols and you had um, tribe swaps and things like that, and everybody just stuck with the numbers. You know, it was really straightforward. And I thought we're going to get voted off one by one. I've already got second prize. I like these guys on my tribe. I've lost the challenge. If I get voted off, so be it. The thing that we really enjoyed, though, so far in, in recapping these edi- uh, episodes, sort of pre-merge, is 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 your nature at kind of seeing that very laid-back style of you, and and we've had so much fun in each of the episodes because it legitimately sometimes seems like you don't want to be there and that like you just don't give a shit, but like it's just it's just fun because like we 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 love kind of this laid-back, chilled nature where you basically every single episode just don't give a fuck, like you want to be there. But it, it makes me happy to realise that you, you pretty much did up until after the car, at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did. I wanted to win. You know, I wanted to win, but the car was a real sort of, you know, it was a double-edged sword for me. It was brilliant, but it also sort of, it, it gave me nothing to fight for because I'd already got second prize and, and the logic, the logician in me was like, okay, I'm suffering for this, but just to be kicked out down the line, it doesn't make any sense. So these guys that have drive and fight in them, I sort of understood that they, you know, to give them a chance might be a little bit better. I could have, I could have stayed. Like I wasn't sort of a nervous wreck or anything by them, but it would have been competition for Craig and um, I would have been a target straight away anyway. So do you feel that um, had, uh, so the, the night that you went home, had you maybe had a bit more drive, maybe you didn't win the car, for example, you felt you would have fought a little bit more, perhaps maybe try to force a, a tie, uh, you know, get Karen on side and force that tie with Craig and Naomi? Yeah. Uh, if if I'd have wanted to stay, it would have been probably Karen going home, I would say. I think I think that was the vibe, but Karen was kind of at the end of her tether as well. Um yeah, it was, you know, I mean, by that point as well, like for 18 days, I think I'd lost 12 kilos. So pretty dramatic weight loss and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, look, 
I, I did give a shit. I wanted to win. The car was a double-edged sword. It really sort of took it out of me. And also the phone call um, because my head was in the game and, and I think we won a phone call. And you didn't see it, but my sister actually really affected me in the phone call because I was really in the game even though I was kind of like, you know, I was fighting this and that. And she said, Sylvan, just remember it's just a game. And I'm like, yeah, who gives a fuck? That's right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I'm glad I did it. Would I do anything different? I mean, if I if I had sort of the skills I have now, of course. But uh, back in the time, I probably couldn't manage that high and low as as well as I could now. Were Naomi and Craig, were they aware that you were sort of oh, yeah. re- ready to go home? Everybody was okay with it. It was kind of like a behind-the-scenes thing, and we kept it away from the producers yeah. because... Um, Truth be told, they would have tried to swing it around, and everybody kind of knew that, and everybody understood the philosophy behind it. Like, I was just like, look, I've got second prize, guys. You're going to get annihilated one by one, which they did. And um, it was kind of like, and and if that hadn't happened, if there was a twist and uh, something had happened and, you know, they'd gone further than I thought, I would have been really pissed off, and I would have regretted it. But I didn't because it sort of fell the way I, I knew it would. Did did you think then though? Let's play the the magical what if card though. That had Karen gone, you got into that merge. Um, who who would have you then fought? Would you fought? Would you have fought like Craig? Do you think you would have had that drive to fight like Craig? Try and win those immunities. Try and cause a bit of trouble by sort of going to Joel, saying this is what Katie's trying to do, and kind of stir the pot a little bit. Um. Yeah. Look, it's it's hard to say. It's all hypothetical. Um. Yeah. Look. Let let's have Craig. Let's let Craig have that. <laughs> there's, there's, there's there's no point in in sort of yeah imagining like, like it just wasn't the way it was going to be. That that last challenge as well, um, the the peg challenge basically where you guys are tethered to that bungee cord, you up against Joel. You had that rock paper scissors moment with mm-hmm. Craig. We were sort of discussing about how really Craig maybe should have done that challenge. I'm not sure. Was there more to it than that? Were you surprised that Craig kind of played the yeah, dummy at the end? Was... Like, oh no, I don't want to do it. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, th- I think the truth is Craig would have probably done better than me in that challenge. I think I was stronger in the top half, and he was stronger in the legs. Um, I think that's kind of what we figured out afterwards. But well, what I figured out afterwards, but um. Yeah, it, it, it was a weird thing where I'd, maybe he just didn't want to do it. I don't know, because he, he'd sort of shoved it on me. It I mean, seem it was, that it was way. A bit it of, kind of seemed very of... strategic almost on Craig's part that like he kind of played this rock, paper, scissors to make it fair. He won, but then was like, oh, I thought that if you win, you didn't do it. And then it was kind of like he changed his mind at the last minute. <laughs> in, in, all, in all fairness, in all fairness to Craig, I think it was also Karen, because... Karen, I think I'm sure it was Karen that actually said, "Oh no, if you won, doesn't that mean Sylvan goes?" And then you're like, "Oh, does it?" And then there was this confusion. <laughs> I think then you just got stuck. That with was Kadena. That was just Kadena. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, look, look, we went out to get each other. I don't, I don't think Craig had any, um, you know, maybe, maybe he's a super strategic person, and that was the way he was playing it. But um, I don't think, I don't think so. And I think while all that was going on, Lincoln's just sitting there thinking, fuck me, this is why you guys are doing so bad. You can't even work yeah. out who's good. What, what were your thoughts on Lincoln as a host? Oh, it was lovely. Um, you know, I, it was hard because everybody was so used to 
so used to the the um, music yeah. and uh, and this and that. And I think that was a big big part of what was going on with Survivor. I think everybody was so attracted to the to the music, um, and with that, you take that away, and then you, you sort of have a new host like Lincoln, and everybody needs to point the finger at somebody. I think they were a little bit rough on him at times, but I think he was fine. I think he controlled us pretty well. Well, this is what we're discovering through this and what we're at least trying to achieve a little bit is kind of, you know, give a bit of, um, you know, retrospective to to what this show was at the time because, you know, we all lived it. I I mean, you obviously lived it more because you were on the show, but, like, I remember as a 15-year-old Mad Survivor fan and being like many going like, well, this is different. What's this music? You know, this host is not like Jeff and kind of all those things. But it's kind of what I think over time... It, it comes with a new form of appreciation for kind of what your season has and what it attempted to do because I think it is something that has held up a lot more than people remember when you actually do watch it closely and kind of remember the time in Survivor history that it aired because you mentioned sort of nowadays Australian survivors had a bit of a renaissance with the, the Channel 10 version mm-hmm. and people are quick to forget your season, which is what we're trying to make people remember. But, yeah, really, it, I think it's one of these shows that at the time was a bit of a shock, but now I think in yeah. hindsight is actually quite a, an achievement for what it was at the time. Yeah, look, I, I think I think it's a different world in that it was real characters back then as well. Like, you know, I think a friend of mine pointed out in the current all stars that are uh, happening now, you know they've all got their sound bites. I'm Dirty Harry. I'm the Snake. I'm this and that. And and they really work the camera, knowing that they're working the camera. That wasn't really the case when we were doing it. We I think we were people that genuinely just tried to survive, like that original spirit of Survivor, like tried to get along and tried to sort of go. It. Of course, as as an entertainment vehicle, it's much more interesting now that. You have these characters that do work the camera and, you know, like nobody does it better than David. Um, you know, he's not necessarily a, a great human being by doing it, but, but it's it's entertaining, you know, for people. But, um, you know, they, they play up to the camera. And back in the day it was, I think it was all sort of very matesy, the original se- season, like all just trying to get along. And, and I think that that's what made the dramatic collapse in the end far more interesting is that it just exploded yeah you know absolutely to turn on each other and it, it was a build-up you know of however many days you're mentioning about sort of talking up to the camera a little bit though silver one of our favorite moments in your final episode bit of a sound bite from yourself but i thought you were playing up to the camera slightly here when you gave your little poem saying Never. boats the boat what will be will be i'm leaving it till then then you'll see i mean come on that was a bit of david going on there wasn't it yeah, I knew what was going on. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you made the promo. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, I was good for sound bites back in the day. It's all that KFC commercial <laughs> experience, right? All the the zingers and the nugget talk. <laughs> you, you're right about the obviously modern day Survivor now because there's so much social media and people do use it as a platform to to boast sort of their own, you know, boost their own image or marketing, marketing themselves. Yeah. So they, they come up with names for themselves and, and slogans and, you know, everything's got a name. If they're in an alliance, it's got a name. If it's, you know, they na- they give themselves four or five names. Obviously, great example is David, the golden god. That just sticks. Everyone just refers to him now as the golden god. And it, even just by giving himself that name, it puts him higher up, 
you know, on that pedestal just because people think, oh, it's the golden god, you know. So, yeah, and, and they do that because it helps them after the game where, I mean, with their marketing themselves, but obviously there was none of that for you back in the day because there was no social media around. Yeah, I would have been hashtag scruffy. <laughs> I think that's what they called me. <laughs> scruffy. Hashtag Sylvan's yeah, fantasy world would have been trending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you would you give yourself a moniker now? Would you be like the golden, you know, chicken strip or something like that? Uh, don't give a shit, Dorney. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh-huh. So you'd be like the Sandra. So I mean, you're a bit of Brian. You're a bit of Sandra. Like as long as it's not me, don't give a shit. Like whatever, done. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's. I mean, like I was sort of thinking before before you uh before you called to speak, I was thinking, you know, how how would I be different? And even though you're saying I, I didn't really care about it, I actually really did care about it back in the day. I think I wouldn't care about it even more now. I'd just go in there just to stir the pot, have a bit of fun, just, you know, kick some walls down and leave a mess and go home and have a laugh. Well, we met, Hopefully we... lose some fat. <laughs> it's all that rice again. <laughs> but, I mean, we did mention, kind of going back to my point about saying how we enjoyed sort of, you know, watching you because I think we did say in your boot episode that, that you really were a very unique character in Australian Survivor history in that, like, you know, obviously you really did give a shit. The edit maybe kind of showed like it kind of you didn't, but, you, you know, you remembered. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of, you know, is, is something that is unique because there are definitely contestants who play Survivor who go out six and you barely remember their name. But, A, you've got a very unique name. You're the only Sylvan that I know of that's ever played Survivor anywhere in the world. And, B, I think you had a unique character that at least we can remember 18 years later. Yeah, and a beach boy who they didn't put on the beach. <laughs> Brian Wilson. Put me on the beach. I would have lasted. I would have lasted to the end. Then that would have been fine. <laughs> so once you got out, once you were voted out of the of the game, I, mm. I know you. But it's it's all changed now. If you don't make merge, they just send you straight home. Um, mm. But we know with your season, um, they you had to go back into Port Lincoln and. And and we were you back with other contestants that like were you back with Tim and we know okay. Dave Haas he said he took off and went went back to France but uh, do do you remember yeah. that period like after the after yeah, you were no, voted I, off I had a great time hanging with uh, Deb and Karen so we we shared a little flat together and um, I think Karen was sneaking off and um, <laughs> meeting people that had been voted off to get the gossip and stuff like that so ask ask her about that. Um, yeah, no, it was it was interesting. I mean, I kind of, I guess I was Deb was the closest person to me on the show, and so we got to sort of and and once she went, then I was kind of like, well, you know, right hand person's kind of gone as well. So it was a bit tough to sort of, um, I don't know, to care as much, but. Yeah, De- Deb and I got along really well, and Karen was fine, so we had a good time afterwards hanging out. And what was um, what was your thoughts? What well, eating when Craig came? I'm sure there was no chocolate left, basically. But <laughs> well, he had to. He he was isolated. Of course, yeah, jury, jury, yeah. So the wrap up party, all that chocolate. He was he was searching for all the stuff you guys had basically been eating for. Uh, the... uh, oh, geez, the wrap up party was wild. I don't remember that much. Craig In... Casino. 
Oh, we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah, we definitely will. <laughs> what What was your take on how how the rest of the game played, and and also like when you saw how Tapara was working, kind of how there was a little bit more uh, uh, strategy going on over that side of things? Was that a bit of a shock? I would have loved the tribe swap. I reckon tribe swap would have been awesome back in the day. Would have rejuvenated my game, but um, I it was all pretty pretty cool. Like I said, until the last four or five, I think until um, Katie sort of got food I think that was all pretty um I don't really remember these the details too explicitly but um yeah I, I wasn't too surprised by much that was going on it was a little bit Lance I believe it was a little bit disappointing for Lance because Lance for me was a good guy and um yeah the fact that they targeted him and he had no idea sort of that that surprised me a little bit um but I guess um you know, Rob and Shona were threatened by Lance at the time because he was so likable. Who do you think you would have worked with had you been on Tapara? Um, probably Sophie and Lance. Yeah, Sophie lived. Uh, I got to know Sophie after after the show. She lived right near me, um, in Northern Beaches as well, or Mossman when I was Manly. Um, so we got to know each other and we got along quite well. So I think we would have had a natural sort of, hey, we're both sort of, you know, on the beaches um, connection. Uh, but they were pretty tight. I mean, it, it would have been pretty hard to infiltrate. I think, it, you know, like I said, back in the day, it was a real sort of, we've got the numbers, we need to stick to the numbers. And there was no chance of anything being mixed up. So um, logically, you just stick with the numbers. Did you get a chance to get to know Jeff at all? Of course, Jeff was the only um, Kadena member, uh, sorry, Tapara member not to make merge. Um, he went out yeah, in fourth yeah, place. Up, yeah. yeah, we got to, got to know Jeff a little bit. He was, he was not in our house, but I think he was sort of around the corner from us. He seemed like a lovely guy. Um, you know, didn't really spend too much time with him, but he seemed lovely. Did you get to experience any uh, Lincoln Howes karaoke in Port Lincoln at all, those nights that he got to sneak out and do a bit of the uh, old uh, karaoke around the town? Clearly I wasn't invited. No. Well, <laughs> I'm going to take back all the nice things I said about Lincoln. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Jeez, Lincoln, where was Silver's yeah. invitation? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a bit of a threat on the karaoke, I've got to say. Oh, what's your go-to song? Friday. I'm in love. Right, I'm in love. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Matt, I don't know if I've ever asked you, Matt, what your karaoke song is. I don't right. sing. I, I I sit back oh, and we listen all sing to the with other enough people. drinks in ourselves. Come on. Okay, okay, I'll admit mine is Tom Jones, Sex Bomb. Oh, uh, nice. Right. Okay. I'd love to be able to sing. But sex Bomb's a bit easier to sing. You can almost talk it. Yeah, that's how that's how you picked up. Yeah. Now, Sylvan, was there karaoke at the after party at the finale down at the Crown Casino? Tell us, tell us about the the finale. Um, the finale, I thought. Um, I, you know, thought Eddie. What's his name? Eddie Jones. Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire. Eddie Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> Former coach of the Wallabies. I don't know if he was there. He might have been. Yeah. Eddie McGuire. He was lovely. He was lovely. He he let me plug my book on the sh- on the show and everything. You gave him a copy. Great. I did. I did. I'm sure he used it. Great kindling. 
Um, I just, I just want to, I just want to say, Sylvan, if you think it was Eddie Jones that was hosting that whole finale, I want to know what you took before you got on stage. <laughs> <laughs> to this, to this day, you thought it was Eddie Your Jones. Fantasy not world Eddie was really tripping that night. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. the universe just collided. If Eddie Maguire didn't got forgotten about, that's the first time in like twenty years of media nobody's remembered Eddie Maguire. Wow, he's he's stars starting to wane up there, you know. I'm, I see. I'm an I'm an NRL boy, rugby, rugby uh, league, rugby union guy, not not AFL. So he's not on my mind. Right, right. <laughs> but did um did was there any other fun stories from that night that that you do remember after the rap and uh, after the the reunion and Eddie threw your book out or something? <laughs> uh burned it. No, I just, I don't remember to be honest. Um, I, I remember then. having a good time flying down um, business class. Probably first and only time that's happened to me. Um, and yeah, just staying at the Crown and having a having a big party at the end. It was a bit weird. It's like sometimes you'd sort of meet people and that sort of look up at you and. I don't know, I'm six foot two and some of them are really short. I'm not that tall. But yeah, the fans are quite funny. Did the did, and some some of the fans Did the plug help with the book sales? Because I mean you released the book basically, was it at the exact same time that the, the finale had it just come out when that finale aired? Yeah, oh I don't know. I mean sold a sold a couple of thousand. Um yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great book, to be honest. I think you know, the ones I'm writing nowadays are a lot better, obviously. 15, 15 20 years down the track, hopefully I've improved slightly. Bit, and it's not fantasy world. Anymore. I was going to say, sorry. a bit less so, fantasy world now, maybe. So. Yeah, fiction sometimes, which is sort of, you know, fantasy stuck in reality, but um, generally not fantasy. So, so the book, that book was um, called uh, Enigma Libris, The Book of Symbols. Uh, so had that mm-hmm. had you been writing that before you went on Survive? Was that something that sort of got inspiration while you're out there in Whaler's Way, or was it sort of a combination of everything? No, I was getting it published even before I got on Survivor, so it's just happenstance, really, because it takes a while for these things to get out um, to actually be published. It can take a while, but that should have been edited a little bit more. But maybe we rushed that to sort of coincide uh, with Survivor, yeah. I, I we 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 um as we mentioned, David still had a, a copy of it, and um he sadly sort of he told us afterwards because I was hoping he was going to read some of it on air because I would love to be oh, able to read God. some of this work, Sylvan, so we can really you know really go back no. in the time capsule. It needs an edit. It, I can't even read a paragraph without shaking. Oh, it's horrible. It's really really bad. Like I would rewrite the whole thing. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I wrote it when I, I was pretty young. I, I don't want to put uh, David Haas in, in it here, but he did mention that it, it was hard to get through the first uh, couple of uh, chapters. I, and I, th- I think he did admit he never actually finished it. That's all right. It's not for everybody. You know, not everybody can handle the work of a literary genius. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's our goal on this podcast, Matt. We're going to get a copy of it and we're going to like do a reading of it, like one episode, just pure yeah. reading of it. Yeah. Do you want your listeners' ears to explode? <laughs> it's a common thing. They they hear us, and that usually happens anyway. So you know, it wouldn't be that new. <laughs> So, with your with your more recent books, how do people, if they want to have a read of them, how do they find copies of them? 
Oh, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get one out now. So it's with a few publishers. I'm just waiting to hear back. It's very very time consuming. So they hold it for like a long long time. So I've written a book a couple of years ago called Bloody Wine, and I'm trying to get that out. It's about inequality and um, a bit of a mystery, contemporary mystery. So I'm trying to get that out. So fingers crossed. It's with a few people now. Great. And how how has that changed over the years, sort of since when you first got that one 18 years ago to the landscape today? I mean, it, I mean, like everything, stuff changes over 18 years, but is it is it easier? Is it harder now to sort of go through that process? Publishing industry, it's never been easy in Australia because Australia's got a very small pond. Um, so, you know, people like those sort of businesses have shrunk and it's very... It's a risky business because they need to make money. They need to guarantee that they're making money or something. And so new authors or authors that don't have a big following aren't as attractive as, say, somebody with a social media following of 200,000 who um, can't write for shit. You know, as a business, they're more attractive to that than ideas and silver and fantasy world. Well, we need to sell this out more, Matt. We need to get this out to our listeners and to the publishing that Sylvan's fantasy world should be selling. Back in the game, yes. Back on board, people. <laughs> I was going to say we we can't we can't promise that we're going to get you an extra two hundred thousand <laughs> followers, but maybe an extra two hundred. But is there a way if there's old fans out there or fans of your of your, of your books, is there a way that they can get you on social media at all? No, I'm not on social media. I yeah, I don't have Facebook. Like I deactivated that. I, I just don't do it. It's not my thing. I, I've never been much one for blowing smoke up my own ass with these things. Like, which, which is, if you if you're in the book game, it's to be really good at marketing yourself is such a step forward. And unfortunately, I just don't have that skill. You need to get in some more KFC ads. Get some of the mashies out or something That's like it. that. You know, like are they are they still selling on them mashies? I don't know. I think it was a zinger. Oh no, I won't tell you that. You oh, well, all right, write that down. Write that it down. I'm going to say this again, Sylvan. I think just get on Big Brother. That will that will get you out there again. That will get your book sales. Just we need to see Sylvan Dorney on Big Brother. I can't imagine anything worse. Imagine me locked up in a house with like what what Gen are they now? Gen Z. Sorry guys, if you're out there, but I would that would be mind numbing. Did you get? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to keep harking on about KFC, but I've never really interviewed someone who's been in KFC. Yeah, do you get like KFC for a year or something? Do they give some sweetener into the deal? No, they just gave me cash. I think I got like you know back in 1997, like for four days it was two ads, and one of them was like at the cinemas. I think I earned about twelve grand for four days' work. Twelve which is pretty wow. cool. to film wow. a KFC ad. Twelve grand. Wow. Yeah. Two, two ads, two oh, separate ads. Oh, sorry, two ads. Two yeah. ads. <laughs> two ads. Yeah. Matt, we're in the wrong business. We need to quit this. We need to get dads. Well, those were the glory days. I don't, I don't think um, I don't think they earn as much or I don't think it's sort of gone up. But they, those were the days when, remember, it was only television. So, you know, the advertisements on television were worth a lot more than now we've got so many media forms, it's sort of, it's thinned out the, the price that they pay. So, so I'm just trying to work... I assume. I don't do that. Trying to work this out then. So from your television appearances, 12 grand for two KFC ads. You want a shitload of prizes on Wheel of Fortune. You want a car on Survivor. Did you win anything on Double Dare? Yeah, I won everything on Double Dare. I won a TV, a video. <laughs> when I was 13, it was amazing. Like my own video and TV, this is 1980s. In the 80s. Like, yeah. That's huge. Yeah, in the 80s, man. Yeah, VCR. 
Wow. <laughs> did, did, did you try to use the fact that you were on Survivor, did you try to get into gigs on TV shows or anything like that afterwards? No, I recoiled. Like, I, I didn't I didn't particularly like the fame or anything that came with it. I just didn't react well to it. So um, I think I just focused on my books. Like, I've been writing books ever since and just working on that unsuccessfully to get them out, <laughs> you know. But, but look, I, I would be quite happy to be known as a writer, but... Mm. You know, I enjoy doing it, and um, I'll keep I'll keep persevering, and maybe one day I will, maybe it'll never happen. But um, that's sort of my angle. Uh, the, the sort of the quick cash on television probably isn't the go for me anymore. <laughs> you mentioned uh, that uh, you you work in high school, and sort of some of the students obviously Google your name, they discover that you're an Australian survivor. Um, have they have they tracked down clips? Because I mean, obviously, some of your season now is available on YouTube. Have they come back to you and said, "Oh, we saw you on Survivor. You know, we thought you were great. We thought you were shit." Um, no, but they use occasionally. They'll they'll use sort of Survivor sort of. Um, posts like the year 12s when they leave and say, you know, they'll do up a poster like no eating in the library, you know, I'll out with you, I'll outlast you and because I'm the library manager so I sort of, you know, detention, that kind of thing. So um, I, have to pl- I have to play the bad guy, sadly. Um, but, um, yeah, they, they occasionally use that as a bit of a meme or something to take the piss out of me, which is all right. So, so I'm guessing um, we we have the copy, of course, of the Australian Survivor Official Handbook. Is there a copy of that oh, in your library? Gosh. No, but a friend of mine, a friend of mine sent me a picture of one that they found at somebody's place, maybe about... I don't know if you can see that one I'm showing you right ago. now. Oh, look at that guy. Across <laughs> <laughs> the tips and all. <laughs> Bring him back, Sylvan. Bring back the tips. Bring back the tips. You actually look, now that I look at that photo, that photo does scream early 2000s Big Brother to me. So I don't know if maybe you were miscast. Right. Yeah, maybe. Yes. I, I reckon they, they fucked with your head, Sylvan. I reckon they told you you were going on Big Brother, put you on a plane, just took you to Whaler's Way <laughs> an hour down the road, world? get out. You... <laughs> Oh shit! Okay. You, you thought you were going to see. You thought you were going to see Gretel Colleen, and next second you're fronting Lincoln House at Whalers Way. Well, that's see that outfit. See that outfit that I'm wearing there. That singlet. That's what I turned up in. It was freezing. <laughs> turned up. And I was ready for the beach. See, that's my beach gear, man. Oh shit! I do. I do love. Um, I love going over these questions. I'm not going to go through all of them here. Oh, but... I think I answered them when I was drunk. <laughs> I honestly did. I was I was drunk on on like red wine, I think. And Are you sure it wasn't those is... pills that you claim were just vitamins, Sylvan? Uh... <laughs> now, I mean, okay. So, 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 did you really have a cat called like Cersei? Did you did you really have a cat called Cersei though? Yeah, Cersei the cat. Oh, yeah. yep. Go. Just I wanted that was one that I, I was really intrigued. Um, your favorite yeah. actress. This really did date this interview. Estella Warren. Now, when was the last time you saw Estella Warren in a movie? This. I don't know. I think I was attracted to her. Yeah, I, I don't. I couldn't call her an actress, though. No, exactly. right? she was just. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever called her an actress. Um, your favorite team, yeah. the Manly Sea Eagles. Still a Sea Eagles fan. Eagles. There you go, Matt. Rival <laughs> for your for your Rabbitohs. What well, do, oh, during oh, our oh, really? du, yeah, during our dev <laughs> interview, we found out that was bullshit. <laughs> that, that, that we we found out that you guys. 
Yeah. I'm a Sharks man. You eliminated us in the final, oh, so I'm just going to shut up. Sit down, Ben. Yeah. No one likes the Sharks. So you eliminated me, who eliminated him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Last year. Yeah. Oh, the teams, anyway. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Um, also here, Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals, your favourite band. Oh, I was a big fan. I still like Ben Harper. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, favourite flower, frangipani. That's a very specific flower. I like that one. <laughs> Well, nice. It's a beach flower, so you know. It's a beach flower. Yeah, yeah they're, they're everywhere in, in my house. Yeah, I'm so hoping there's one that's favourite animal, and the, and the answer's lobster. Favourite <laughs> food? No, I think it'd be pizza. Yeah. Uh, favourite foodie? Favourite dinner? Pizza? Favourite breakfast? Fry up? Favourite magazine? FHM. I remember that magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever bought one of those in my life. <laughs> um, and describe any really embarrassing moments that have happened to you. Just the Australian Survivor entry video. To be noticed, I thought I should get cocky, so I describe myself as a legend. Not very humble, that. I'm sure you guys will haunt me with that one. Here we are 18 years later. Yes, Sylvan, we are haunting you with that one. Yeah, I don't know. You had to show a bit of sass, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Come on, Ben. He won a car. He, he won a car worth fifty grand. Come on, that was worth. I paid twelve grand for two days' work. It's more than I've ever earned in my life. Um, do you still watch Survivor? Do you still keep up with uh, either the US or the Australian version today? Yeah, I keep an eye on both of them. Um, I think both seasons that are happening now are, are quite interesting. Um, yeah, the winners at war is uh, like the new twist with the coins and everything like that. Um, the All Stars was interesting. It's the Australian All-Stars. I think there's some very good players there. Um, people that are playing really well the game now. I find it interesting. I wonder how often, though, and you might you might be able to sort of answer this for me, do they, do they lead them to these sort of um, idols and things like that? Like, sometimes I wonder if, if things are a bit more confected now than they were because... I'm sure at times, like, you see a camera and it focuses over there and then, oh, next thing you know, the person's going and picking that up and just like, what is that? No, you know, you can't lead these people to the immunity. Well, I'll be, piss- I'll be pissed off if they did because they sure as hell didn't lead me to an idol and I ended up, I was looking, at, I looked everywhere for it, trust me, Sylvan, I was like a madman and it, and it yeah, ended up. I, I, remember, I do remember that. I do remember watching you, and that was your downfall, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, because well, the other, Stevie, the other bloke was, uh, come on, the other bloke was looking for it, and then I, so I had to go try to find it. Neither of us found it. But uh, look, you know, there's always that question. Everyone has that thing. But from my experience on the show, no, they don't. They don't lead you to it. No, okay. Yeah. Is it something that, I mean, you know, we've gone over the myriad of reasons why, of course, nobody from your season would have been asked back for All-Stars, but is it something that you would have liked to have seen, like maybe a, a Katie or a Shona maybe, you know, getting a lifeline and coming back to compete against the new school? Oh, I, would have, I would have loved to have seen Katie and Craig get back on. I think that would have been amazing. And Deb. Oh, Deb's a good friend of mine. Those just are three of the old school people because I, I know a few of them would have a lot of hunger for that. And, uh, you know, people were sort of asking, oh, would you have gone, uh, you know, that had to pay me a lot of money. <laughs> More than 12 grand. <laughs> More than 12 grand, yeah. I think that would be for, 50, for less than 50 grand. Uh, <laughs> give, me a, give me a new Ford. I'll sell it again. <laughs> this time you'd want, a, you'd want a BMW or yeah. something. <laughs> Ferrari. Um, but uh, it, w- it would have been really great to, to have seen some of the old schoolers on. And, and, and it, 
it would have had that kind of like the old school, new school thing that that's happening on the current um, winners at war. I, I, I agree. I, I agree, um, Sylvan, and, and it's 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 interesting. A lot of people. I mean, I think Katie's a no brainer. I think everyone's always going to say Katie. Um, would need to go back, and, and and I guess Rob would be in there too, but unfortunately, obviously, Rob's no longer with us. But a lot of people do mention Craig as well, that obviously he was the last Kadena member to, to stay in the game. Um, but, yeah, it, you're right. It, it, it gives that element that the show at the moment doesn't have is that, you know, that they, they promote, like, you, you see with someone like Nick, they talk about Nick being an OG original snake, but I mean, he, that was only four years ago. Like, let's be honest, he's not the OG original snake. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. you know, it, Nick, Nick annoys the shit out of me when he talks about how original it all is. Uh, it's like, yeah, there's, there's no awareness sometimes, you know. It's a bit frustrating to hear as somebody who actually kind of was a part of the original. But, well, it, it, you know, it must it it must be annoying because I mean and I've I've made this clear on this podcast that I've played the game but to, mm. to, and I applied for your season and to to be a member of this one of the sixteen original cast members to me that would have been the ultimate so like both of us have played the game but I think you were the very first season so to me that's the ultimate achievement you got on the very first season, but it annoys me that you don't get the recognition, the fact that you are the first season. Um, where And then you hear these new players t- trying to make out like they're the original. Well, they're, yeah, they're doing Channel 10's bidding, I guess. Um, you know, which is understandable. They're trying to create their own mythology. I mean, the fact that they had all stars out of four seasons, and which means you have to pick a quarter of the people in each show. You know, that's... It's, I mean, it's been good. I think it's been good anyway, but it's sort of none of these people were particularly, not all of them were particularly all-stars. You know, some of them were just jerks at the time. I think like that Zach guy came across as, or got a pretty bad edit the first time around, didn't he? Yeah, just just a bit. bit of a misogynist, you know, (laughs) his edit was. I'm not saying he is, but... No, um, and that's it, and he's... It's amazing because you're right. He got a he got a terrible edit in in he was in my season, um, mm. but it's amazing. I think he's gone out the second time, gone out this time, knowing that. Well, hang on a sec. I've got to actually worried about how I'm going to get edited. So he's gone out with that knowledge of being. He's played once. He knows mm. that they can edit you however they want to. That you're not going to know how you edited until you actually watch it on TV. And I think he's a much more aware this time. So we're almost not even seeing him now because he's obviously not giving him the content that they were hoping yeah. for. What was he thinking the first time? <laughs> <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to... He wanted to, Well, he was an ex-gladiator who played the villain role on Gladiator. So he's oh, gone so out... He tre- yes, he's gone oh, out man. wanting to play that whole villain role again, but he didn't realise that... Hang on a sec there... They're going to edit you really bad here, which they did, and it, it did make him look really bad. But hey, he managed to get back on again and play All Stars, so credit to him. Well, and and the thing is, and this is why you know the idea of getting someone like Deb on, it just goes to show that some of these people that were voted off early, they can go back on, and if they have like I think Moana left quick last time, didn't she? Quite early, and she's coming, she's coming on now and playing a great game. You know, if they've got the drive and they're better prepared, like these these people can sort of do pretty well in round two. So it would have been fascinating to see, you know, some of these people come back twenty years later and deal with the new world. 
But it's a shame that Chatham couldn't get over the sort of cross-commercial sort of problems. Which, I mean, it's, yeah, uh, it definitely. And, and we're obviously, you know, very much advocates for, you know, the, the disappointment of that is, you know, hashtag bring back Katie Gold. We're trying to get it trending. But it, it is, and again, you can understand why Channel 10 are doing it, but they've also dug themselves a little bit of a hole because you, you look at them bringing um, The Amazing Race Australia back and you've got someone like Sam, who was basically all but invisible last season, who was on the Channel 7 version of The Amazing Race, yet they're trying to sell this as a new thing. And then you've got to now look at Big Brother about to return on Channel 7. That's been on Channel 9 and Channel 10, similar to Australian Survivor, of mm. course, with Celebrity Survivor back on Channel 7. So it's kind of this unique world where you can understand the networks while they're keeping the other ones separate, but it's also a case of, well... They're essentially the same show, just on a different network, so you can kind of, you know, cross them over slightly. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. One day, they, one day they good. hopefully will yeah. they will do it. What, one last yeah. thing I'll say what, One last thing I'll say on that, that topic is we, we see so many promotions, especially leading into the season, we had about half the cast that were getting really heavily promoted. Nick was one of those players that was getting heavily promoted. So even people who hadn't watched his 2016 season, if they were a latecomer to to Survivor, to Australian Survivor Channel 10, they may have only watched the last two seasons, they wouldn't have known Nick, but they saw enough of the promos and all his previous gameplay that by the time the game came around, they knew who he was. They they could have done the same thing with Craig and Katie. Oh, if, yeah, they just, so- if they got over it, they could have done a shitload of promos just like they did with Nick and and, and David and, and the rest of them. Um, mm-hmm. So by the time the show came around, you didn't even you didn't even have to be around 18 years ago. You would do, okay, this person played 18 years ago. I know what type of game they played. Let's watch what they do now. And you're 100% right. It would have brought that element that they're missing. I think it's a great season, don't get me wrong, but I think it would have brought that little bit of element which we're seeing in Winners at War with those old, the, the actual old school players, not old school slash four years ago. Like, we're talking old school 20 years ago. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know how old the older ones are. Have you spoken to Shona? Or is, she, is she chatting to you? or? I, I have uh, managed to track down Shona, yeah, and um, we haven't interviewed her yet. But, um, but yeah, I've been yeah. in contact with her, and, um, yeah, well, you... You'll have to wait and see. We'll hopefully get her on the show, and um, it will be no. You know, if we get that interview, it will be a, a, a great interview. But no, she's doing well, and uh, yeah, it was a bit bit of tr- uh, tracking down to get her. But we Matt's managed a to uh, find Sylvan. out. Matt, Matt lives up to his profession quite well. He's quite good at finding you guys. Sylvan, I, I won't lie, Ben's right. I am a bloodhound. <laughs> well, if I'd, if I'd known you're a South supporter. <laughs> you wouldn't have come on. The only one we, we haven't we haven't been able to track down Jeff, and that's why before I asked you about Jeff, um, and and if you got to spend any time with him, because at at the moment he's the only one where we haven't been able to track down. Did um did Deb speak about Jeff? I thought I thought Jeff passed on. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Tim Tim has no, um, yeah. but we're, no, we're, no, but yeah, we're not yeah. sure about Jeff. I think I think Matt got quite close. I think and sort of had had some discussions that you know Jeff was still around. So uh, as far as we know, yeah, Jeff okay. is still around and with us, and we hope that he uh, is. Yeah, of I, course, I, I, I thought I heard something a while ago, but I, no. I might. 
I, I tracked him down to to someone that knew where his whereabouts was or an event he attended two weeks prior to me contacting this person, oh, and we haven't been able to track him down since. So we are getting close. I am a bloodhound, but I will try to track him down. But it's, it's hard all these years later. Like you said, Sylvan, you, you're not on social media. You know, a lot of these older players, you know, much older than you, aren't on social media. Shona's not on social media. So it's not like now. Now Channel 10 contestants, you can find them in... 10 seconds, you know, they're yeah. all over social media. Your season, being, much being different. Being on social media has nothing to do with Survivor, though. It's just I find people annoying. <laughs> I, I, I definitely as, as feel the, you there. Social, social media in general is full of annoying people. They need to get a life. Yep. Like, Those annoying podcast hosts that keep sending like, you messages, come on the show, we want an interview. Oh, not this guy again. Didn't I do an interview with him three years ago? Fuck off. Well, I keep messenger. I keep messenger so people can speak to me. But yeah, I I just I can live my life without social media. So, so is Deb the only one that you now speak to? Yeah, yeah. Like she'll be the only one I'll text, sort of just about life and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I went to her one of her birthdays not long ago. She's got lives in a beautiful house, beautiful partner. Yeah, no, it's yeah, um, no, de- she's got a good life. Deb's, yeah, I mean, she's fantastic, and uh, she she even she sent us in a photo that we put up on our social media of her and the winner of last season, Pia Miranda. So it was this, it was the first oh, time we had ever seen yeah. uh, on a photo between an original old school player and a new school, and it was amazing. Like, and she sent us that in, and and we spoke to Deb about that during her interview. But um, yeah, and it was the first time that we'd ever seen, or as far as we know, that there's ever been that that photo of a new school and old school player. So it was quite. Uh, quite interesting but Sylvan what about memorabilia and I, I have to ask this question what did you do with your Kadena buff your 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 I think I gave it to one of my sisters I don't know I think I think one of my sisters has it yeah yeah I, I might have took some sort of a chart some little bits and bobs but yeah I don't remember I just gave everything away I'm not Particularly fast. We actually we do we every now and then we we get sort of some things sent into us and um, Deb shared a couple of photos with me which I'm going to be hopefully putting on our social media in the coming days, including a few pictures of of yourself and Karen and Deb uh, back at the old uh, apartment back in uh, Port Lincoln after the game. Uh, so yeah, I might fall then through you to uh, to check out the old uh, the tips again, Sylvan. He's really regretting this interview all of a sudden. All this yeah. stuff's coming up. He's like, shit, they're going to be finding KFC ads. <laughs> yeah, I was, about to, I was just about to say, he's more worried about us tracking down these KFC ads from 1997. Or reading my book. Yeah. I think, I think that would be the worst thing. It would be the most embarrassing. <laughs> the Sylvan Dawn, Dawny Variety Hour coming soon to the Australian Survivor Archives featuring That's... KFC ads and book readings and everything like that. Uh, obviously, yeah. the book came out. You said you're still writing. You're working in high school. How how else is life going right now for for Sylvan Dorney? Everything else uh, going well since Survivor? Yeah, just soldiering on. Like I said, my big passion's my books, so I sort of focus on on trying to get that that out. And my current book is is my focus. Um, yeah, just living life, you know. Uh, yeah, not much really to report. You, you, you've definitely days. looked like you've kept yourself in shape. I mean, we never know. Once we turn on that camera, we never know what we're going to see. It's been eighteen years, you know. But uh, you, 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 you look like you could go out and play Survivor <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, I keep fit. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's uh, I've got a gym in my building, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. Save some money too. Yeah. 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 That's no, um. Yeah, got to keep fit these days. I think middle age now. It's crazy. I, I can't. I can't stomach the dirty bird. It's <laughs> not. It's not how you advertise things that you, you can't stomach. Like I'll eat it. Tastes great while you're eating it, but then my stomach just goes, "What are you done? Yeah, what are you done. I hate you." I think I haven't eaten KFC in nearly a year, so um, you know, it's been. I don't know how I would react, but um, you know, it's um, if they pay me twelve thousand dollars tomorrow. To hang out with some models and a couple of, you know. No, but when you're eating, when you're eating the burgers like this, you know, you know, you guys are making me feel bad here. I think I ate it three days ago, <laughs> but now I'm feeling like I shouldn't have. You know? <laughs> you're, you're making me you're feel eating, like when you're eating eating the burgers, they push the um, burger part forward, obviously, because you know one that has to look good to the screen. And you're basically just biting bun <laughs> yeah. like that and you a little spit bucket. So in 50 cakes, you just 50 bites of... Bun. It'd be cold too, wouldn't it? Oh, they have people cooking them because... Well, they had people cooking them because they were doing it at, at a, an actual shop. Right. At least the first one. Okay, so it was in a shop, Matt. Write that down. In a shop. Oh, no. oh. Silver. That's, really, that's really revealing you things. Should... KFC shop ad. Good luck. Silver. Some of them are on you the beach have... and I don't know, like mashies and shit. You, 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 you slipped up, Sylvan. On the on Survivor, you should have nicknamed yourself the Colonel. <laughs> the Colonel? No, that should have been your nickname. The, we've got the Golden God, we've got Dirty Harry, and then we could have had the Colonel. The Colonel, no. Sadly, sadly, yeah, it was scruffy. I was called Scruffy yeah, because I, I looked pretty scruffy. I still like Don't Give a Shit Dawning. That's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, that's gold. That is gold. Uh, it's been fantastic yeah. chatting with you, Sylvan. We've learned a lot and um, our research department really is going to be digging through every single corner of the internet in the coming days because uh, not only do Matt and I are desperate to see this, I think every single one of our listeners is, uh, is dying to see you in a <laughs> KFC commercial, a Wheel of Fortune episode and uh, Double Dare as well, mate. But it has been a lot of fun uh, learning everything and, uh, again, appreciate your time and we look forward to, to reading your first book and reading all your myriad of other books that are going to be coming out, no doubt, uh, very soon in the future. Don't bother with the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but thank you. Thanks for the chat, guys. Um, it's been fun. And there we go. Sylvan Dorney, fantastic chat. And, uh, Matt, I just realised something. At the very beginning of the episode, I don't think you actually said who you are. So this is Matt Dyson, everyone. He was on Australian Survivor, uh, just in case you didn't get his name an hour and a half ago, um, you know. <laughs> Well, I'm still in a bit of shock, Ben, that we've we've just done an interview, found out that Sylvan's been on every game show known to man in Australia. And Ben, how did how did this get through the cracks? Why are we only just finding this out tonight? This I is making don't us look bad. Know. I'm, ben, I'm I'm starting to think you're not taking ASA seriously. Oh no, I'm not. Like I just I've just been you know floating through, just letting you carry the load and just you know getting the fame here. Uh, it's 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 fascinating because like look, let's be honest. If you had have said to us at the beginning of this project, which contestant on season one do you wish was in a KFC commercial and on Wheelers Fortune, who would we have said? We would have said Sylvan. So of course, <laughs> I mean, we're going to find this. We we're going to move the high ends of the earth. It, it reminds me so much back in the Survivor Oz days. The very first time I interviewed Cass, 
I remember Cass telling me this uh, epic story about how she was on some fast food commercial in China of all places. And she said that she'd only like told a couple of people and people who found out had tried to find it and had never found it because she said she knew no one would ever find it. So this to me is like that Cass situation, but this is something different because Sylvan alluded to that it's floating around there somewhere. So Matt, I think we can find this. Oh, we'll do everything we can to find this because I want to know what uh, what a 1997 KFC <laughs> Sylvan Dorney ad looks like. I mean, everyone wants to know what that looks like. I I am picturing a myriad of things in my head right now. Um, but and, and and not just not just that. What about the Wheel of Fortune, Ben? Like, come on, that's this even guy better. Won like he was a carryover champion. He was on Double Dare. He won. T- like this guy is just a star. He was saying N Finelli. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, let's let's be honest. Like Rob Dixon, bit of a semi-celebrity, you know, he was an AFL footballer. Katie was a professional athlete going into this. But we knew Sylvan as an author. But like I think that on the level of stardom, right, before season two, he was our very first celebrity contestant, perhaps, on Australian Survivor. So I'm just throwing it out there. Oh, what an interview that was, wasn't it, Ben? And it's it's great to hear Sylvan's doing, uh, you know, fantastic. And all these years later, it sounds like he's doing really well. And and hopefully, he can get that book out there, and we can uh, we can all give it a read. Absolutely. And I think we've had a couple of good weeks here in ASA because, of course, last week we know everybody um, thoroughly enjoyed our Jack Robin interview. Thanks, everybody, for, for downloading and listening to it. And what a great insight that was. And kind of, you know, this sort of mid-season break here, kind of just before we get to the merge, which we're going to get to next week with our Episode 7 recap. But, yeah, a lot of fun. We love doing the interviews. We love doing the recaps. But next week is the recap. We, we talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago at the end of our Episode 6 recap. But, uh it's a fascinating one, and I think that I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to to chatting about this one because there's there's a few moments in this one. Not and I'm just talking about showers here, uh, Matt. I'm talking about you know Katie sitting down uh, the Kadena three and kind of basically being a little bit dictatory and somehow getting them to do her bidding in some weird way. It's it's. It's fascinating because if you've got Rob on the side, just kind of sitting back watching Katie do his bidding and just, it's a fascinating episode. For anybody, again, who who bemoans season one, Australian Survivor, Whaler's Ways, being boring, having no strategy, being all about mateship and just nothing happening to the final episode, just, just watch the stuff that is happening in this merge episode because it is a, it is a pretty good episode. As much... As we've had a heap of fun going back through all the pre-merge, which has obviously been all about Kadena, the, the game does shift now. We go into merge, and it, and it definitely shifts, and it starts heading towards this end game that we keep talking about, which is one of the all-time great end games. So, Ben, we're going to have so much to talk about over the coming weeks, so much Katie content, so much Rob Shona, just everyone. Is this going to be? It, it's going to be a great run to that finish line, which is that final episode. And also a couple of, uh, you know, I think we've been mentioning for a few of our recap episodes that Rob's kind of gone a little bit silent, but we get some great Rob sound bites here, dropping a few uh, liners about uh, cannibalism. And uh, one of his fellow tribe mates, he realises uh, there's slightly more to him than he ever thought there was. So um, we will get to that, no doubt, next week. And also next week, 
If you've been hanging out to find out how you can get a hand on one of those great Aurora buffs that we've had made up for us, uh, I know we've sort of been teasing that since we gave away a couple of those uh, a couple of months back. We will be finally telling you how you can get your hands on one of those because we're very excited for other people to own these. They're great and a unique piece of Australian Survivor history that you are able to um, capture a piece of. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's coming up next week. As I mentioned at the very top of the show, if you are liking what we're putting out there, we would very much appreciate you subscribing to our podcast. We are, of course, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Or if you don't have any of those services, simply find the RSS feed to our podcast. Subscribe on whichever podcast channel you do use, and you'll be able to get all of these episodes direct to your speakers every single Friday. And, of course, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on both instagram and twitter to stay up to date we generally post every single day not only do we have content about season one and of course what we're doing right now birthday posts we're enjoying those sharing some birthdays with everyone from older contestants to newer contestants so uh happy birthday to all our australian survivor contestants who we do post out there if we do miss anyone i think we've got about 90 percent basically of birthdays there are a few that we don't have birthdays from so we're not ignoring everyone if all of a sudden some messages in and say hey you forgot this person's birthday let us know when their birthday is if we've missed it and we will make sure to add it to our calendar but uh, hopefully you're enjoying the content we're putting out there and uh, appreciating it because we're appreciating you guys listening and going through the history of Australian Survive with us because uh, it's fun for me it's fun for Matt and hopefully it's fun for you and you better never miss my birthday Ben because we'll be uh, having words Yours already bloody been, mate. When's my birthday? Do I get a post? Do you do a post for me? Uh, I'm not posting up for myself. That's a bit arrogant, right? <laughs> we'll have to look into that, actually. That's a good point. It's coming we'll up very soon, I'll tell you that. It's within the next couple of weeks, so you better bloody keep an eye out right. for it, mate, all right? So... <laughs> and I don't want to see my naked body up there on the screen either, all right? That picture has not been shared. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thanks, everyone, uh, for listening. I just said the same thing I repeated myself. Thanks to Sylvan, that's what I'm trying to say. And Matt, I am going to go and hit the Google machine and try and find myself some old KFC commercials. Good luck finding them, Ben. I want to see them. And unlike Ben, I like to say who I am at the end of the podcast. Guys, I'm Matt Dyson. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Sylvan, for a great interview. And until next time, enjoy. And I can't wait to get back here and do a recap with you, Ben. Can't wait, mate.